Thank you all for being here today. I want to thank whoever had my microphone muted earlier because I looked down to turn it on and it was already on. So whoever muted it, thank you all. You saved everybody from having to hear me sing. So I really appreciate that. Y'all don't know how much of a blessing that was right there. So please rise. We're going to read uh, 1 Peter verses 3 through 9. <clears throat> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in the heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through the faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if you need be, you have grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not, though you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Will you pray with me? My Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this opportunity just to come together and just to dig into your word a little further. Father, I pray that as, uh, as I give this sermon, Father, that you just uh, remove me from the situation. Father, just let your words flow through me, Father. We love you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory. Actually, thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So today's message is going to be a little harder for me because it's very personal. Um, I told most of y'all a couple weeks ago we went to the Casting Crowns concert in Amarillo. Had an amazing time. Ran into some people. Just had an awesome chance just to fellowship and to just to get to know some, some people and have them reach out to us even though as they were going through their trials. Uh, come back Sunday. Had a good church service. And then Sunday evening, man, the enemy just hit me. And he hit me hard. And see, I was expecting that when I moved down here. And I stepped out on the faith, in faith, and I took this opportunity. And we first got here, the first weekend we were here, our plumbing went out. We got all that fixed, and the air conditioner went out. See, all this happened on Fridays, so that we had to deal with it through the weekend. But I knew what it was. I knew it was just Satan that was just uh, trying to affect us, and I wasn't going to let him bother me at all, you know. Just those little attacks were nothing. And I've grown used to the enemy attacking me. See, several years ago, when I made the choice to deny myself and truly live for God, my life radically changed. But God changed me, and I was trying to change my wife. It was my timing and not, not his. So we ended up splitting up for a while. And when we split up, you know, I was praying to God, like, why did you let this happen? I'm trying to follow you. Things are supposed to be good, right? Why, why are we splitting up? Why am I going through pain when I'm trying to follow you? And I was praying, God, you know, fix her, fix her, fix her. She's the problem. Fix her, fix her. You know how well that works, right? <laughs> well, I was, I was heartbroken. I was confused. And then I started to doubt. You know, did I misunderstand what God told me? Was I really supposed to give up the things I gave up? Was I... But see, I was being selfish. And I was only thinking about myself. But I changed the way I started praying. And I started thanking God for what I was going through. I didn't know what he was planning or what the outcome was going to be, but I was thanking him for putting me through that trial. 
And I started asking him to fix me and not to fix her. I started praying that he would show me what was wrong inside me so that I could correct it. And God began to change me. And I began to understand things in a different way. I began to understand the Bible. And unbeknownst to me, God has started working on my wife. We eventually restored our marriage, and it's been better than it was before. So I put this way into thinking into my life. Every time the enemy would attack me, whether it was at home or work, I would just thank God for it, for whatever I was going through, whatever trial it was. You know, I worked at a job. I worked at J-Cam, and uh, I got promoted. They fired the guy. I got demoted. I got promoted again. They gave me a company truck. It broke down. They brought me a brand new one, nicest pickup I ever had. It had 407 miles on it when I got it. Man, I was excited. I had a pickup at home, personal pickup, paid off. I sold it. Like, man, I don't need this. I got this company truck. I can drive it around everywhere. <laughs> COVID hit. Oil field crashed. I got demoted. They took my pickup from me. So now I didn't have a vehicle. So now hours are cut. Struggling to even make ends meet, not knowing if I'm going to have a job tomorrow or not. I had to go buy a pickup. But I just kept praying for God to just, uh, you know, whatever we were going through, you know, I knew he was taking care of it. But then, like I said a couple of weeks ago, the enemy attacked my family. And I can handle it when he attacks me, but when he hurts my family, man, that's, that took it to a whole other level. You know, that's kind of hitting below the belt. And I didn't know what to do. I was struggling really hard. You know, as men, it's our nature to fix the problems. We don't want to deal with it. We just, here, I'll fix it. I'll take care of it. Well, there was no way I could fix it. I was devastated. I spent hours sitting down there in that prayer chapel and couldn't even talk. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I was just grieving. I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't eat. The only blessing out of it was that the youth led service last Sunday, and I didn't have to write a sermon because I really don't think I could have got one out last week. But I was just clinging to God, and I was praying, and I was just like, God, what do I do? You know, even when I couldn't talk, you know, I was just sitting there like, talk to me, speak to me, tell me something, help me get through this. And he started revealing to me, he brought me to this, this verse, and he started revealing to me that he's there, and that it's, it's all going to work out, and I'm just like, man, you're wrong, there's no way this is going to work out, there's no way that you can bring any kind of goodness out of this, but he just kept you know, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. So I'm sure I'm not the only one that's going through things like this. Things that are either going through it now, going through it in our lifetime that has challenged us. And a lot of times we see people that are living for themselves. They don't care nothing about God. And man, they're getting everything. Everything's just handed to them and our life's just getting wrecked over and over and over. You know, I've known a lot of people that they just always happen to be at the right time or the right place at the right time. And things are just pretty much given to them. You know, they do a horrible job at work, but they get promoted. You know, they just, anything that I always wanted, they seem to always get. And then they'd come bragging about, look, I got this for 50 bucks. And it's just, I never understood, like, why am I trying to follow God and I'm struggling, but they're not following God and they're getting everything they want. And I struggled with that, and it took me a while to realize that it wasn't God blessing them. It was the enemy that was blessing them. It was the enemy giving them everything that they wanted so that they wouldn't change their life and follow God. I mean, when you're getting new cars and your life's going perfect, are you going to change what you're doing? 
So it, it took me a while to realize that. So when Peter wrote this letter, he wrote this during a time when Christians were being persecuted. They were being persecuted by other Jews, by Romans, and many of them by their own family. So he was writing Christians to warn them what lay ahead and to encourage them. And almost 2,000 years later, we can still find hope in the struggles from this letter. See, he starts off writing, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Another version says, Praise be to God and to the Father. So if you're like me, the last thing you want to hear when your world is crashing down is praise the Lord. Like, hold up, preacher man. You don't know what I'm going through. How am I supposed to praise the Lord right now? I just lost my job. My family's turned their backs on me. I'm sick and facing death. Or ever since I chose to follow God, problems have multiplied to the point that I'm overwhelmed. And now the enemy's attacked my, my family. How can I praise God right now? But Peter's reminding us to praise God not because of what we're going through, but because of the promise that he's given us. That because of his mercy and because of, of a new birth into a living hope through Jesus, that we are born again and we have been adopted by God and are now his children. And as his children, we can look forward to an inheritance of eternal life in the eternal city of God. It's an inheritance that Peter describes as incorruptible, undefiled, and does not fade away. That is reserved for us in heaven and is kept, to a, kept, by, kept for us by the power of God through the faith of salvation. You see, the enemy will do anything he can to keep us from that inheritance. But we're not protected by some little weak, measly, earthly army. We're protected by the power of God. The same power that spoke the universe into existence is protecting our inheritance and our salvation. And for that, we can praise the Lord. See, we can, pray, we can have joy and praise for the Lord from the pits because we know that God is with us and uses our trials to refine our faith. The Bible's full of scripture that tells us that we'll go through trials. Hebrews 12, chapter, or verses 6 through 8, says, Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone who accepts, his, accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as, as your children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. So that's very powerful right there. I mean, God disciplines us because he loves us. We go through things because God loves us. And if we're not going through these things, then we're not children of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you have peace. You may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And in Acts 14, 22, it says, We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. So the Bible tells us that we'll face trials, persecutions, and hardships for Jesus' sake. That's just part of the deal. No one loved by God is exempt. But why? Why is always the question. Why can't God just give us a perfect life? Why do we have to suffer? 
Why do we have to experience pain? Why do we have to see the people that we love the most hurt? See, Peter tells us that we go through these times in order to refine our faith. He contrasts and compares our faith to gold. On one hand, he tells us that our faith is more precious than gold because gold is perishable and faith isn't. See, gold won't get you into heaven, but faith will. All the gold in the world is worthless on the day you die and stand before the Lord. Only faith in Jesus Christ is worth anything on that day. But on the other hand, Jesus compares us, compares our faith to gold and that we are both refined in fire. God doesn't test our faith in order to make it fail, but to burn off the dross or the worthless stuff and leave the pure gold. He does this by putting us in the furnace of affliction where we are forced to trust him in ways that we never would apart from such trials. We need to understand that there is a such thing as false faith, faith that does fail. Jesus gives us the parable of the sower, bless you, and tells, tells of the seed that falls on the shallow, rocky soil. It sprouted up when the sun came out. It sprouted up, but when the sun came out, it withered and died because it had no root. He explains that this refers to those that have received the word with joy, but when affliction and persecution arises, they fall away, showing that their faith wasn't genuine. But genuine faith grows stronger, not weaker through trials. If you don't go through trials, if you don't go through times of trials, you'll soon become proud. You won't be able to relate to others when they're suffering, and you'll miss out on lessons that we, can, that we can't learn any other way. So as hard as these trials are, go, are to, go, to, to go through, at times they're very necessary. It helps us grow in character. See, God uses these trials like a, gold, like a goldsmith. He watches the molten metal, skimming off the useless stuff until he can see his reflection in us. So listen to what Hebrews 12:11 says. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. For those who are going through hardship, it produces a harvest of righteousness. See, peace patience, endurance, love, and joy are all, trials of the fr- are all fruits of the trials. We are trained by preser- persevering through these trials and seeking the word of God, seek- seeking the Lord and, and his word. Going through these trials also helps us to be able to minister to others. 2 Corinthians 1, 4-6, Paul says, Who confronts us in all troubles so that we can, who comforts us in all troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the suffering of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patience and endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. What Paul is trying to say is that sometimes we go through these things so we can help others in their times of need. God teaches us how to cry through our pain, And he teaches us how to be able to feel others' heartaches and to hear his voice in times of suffering. All these things will help us be able to minister to others when they're going through things. So how can we find joy when we are suffering? How can we rejoice when our hearts are breaking? Peter says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. See, we need to focus on the little while. 
I know when we're going through these trials where it lasts a month, a year, or 10 years, it doesn't seem short, but it's only temporary. And not because it's going to end, but because it's just a little while in comparison to our salvation and inheritance that we will have for all eternity. Oftentimes we let these trials that we are dealing with consume our thoughts and we forget about the promises of God. See, our life on this earth is just is but a short time compared to the eternity that we get to spend with the Heavenly Father. We need to develop a mindset of an eternal view in order to have joy in the midst of these trials. If you're only thinking about tomorrow or next year, we can't have joy. But when we can look at our trials in comparison to eternity, only then we'll be able to praise God through our storms. So I'm going to end with this. 1 Peter 5, 10 and 11. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, established, strengthens, and settles you. To him be all the glory and dominion forever and ever. So we're going to have a special song today. And I want to encourage you as you listen to the words and as you sing the words, I want you to think about the things you've gone through in your life or or what you're going through right now. And think about how God has used those to grow your relationship with him. And how at those times you couldn't see the light and couldn't see any hope. But now that you can look back at it, you can see where God has brought you, where he took you from and where he brought you to. And I encourage you just to thank God for all the trials that you've been through or that you're currently going through. And even though it's hard, I just ask you to share your testimony with others. It doesn't have to be in here. It doesn't have to be in front of a crowd. But share what you've been through with other people because you never know what other people are going through. And you never know if God's put you through these things so that you can help them. So we'll pray. We'll have a, a song that's going to be up on the, on the screen. So we please stand. The altar will be open. If anybody wants to come up for prayer, if anybody just wants to come up and, and just glorify God for what they've gone through, or if anybody would like to receive Christ for the first time or want to join the church, or for any reason, the, the uh, altar will be open. My Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity just to share your message. Father, I just want to thank you for the trials that we've gone through and the things that you've brought me, brought me through, Father, just to help me grow closer to you. Father, I pray that you'll just use each and every one of our testimonies just to glorify you, Father, and that we can go out into the world and just uh, show your love by what you've done for us, Father. We love you. We praise you. Actually, in Jesus' name, amen.